Hey ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mel Herbert here. It's Elon Daly, part of the Talking Tesla network of shows. That's right, it's Thursday, October 10th. Now here in Southern California, you might know we're going through a bit of the old climate change. We have these things called uh, the Santa Ana winds, and I don't know if they're called the same thing up north, but we get these winds and they're very windy. And you know, last year we had that disaster where PG&E, which is a big electric utility here in Southern California and Northern California, had a little problem and it started a fire and that fire destroyed a lot of homes and it was just terrible. And these fires here in California have been getting progressively worse. And worse, and we're told from the scientists looking at the modeling, they're only going to get even worse. So the electric companies, of course, have been very concerned about this. And now they're moving towards basically shutting off big sections of the grid when these winds pick up because of the fire danger of having this big electrified grid and then something falls over and sparks and then you have another disastrous fire. So it's really a big deal here. Now, if you have a Tesla Powerwall, you can turn on this thing called Stormwatch. And in California's case, it's not sort of for, you know, a hailstorm or a snowstorm. It's for things like this. So I've got Stormwatch turned on on my Powerwalls. And what happens is when an alert goes out that your area might be losing electricity or a bad thing is about to occur, then this allows the Tesla Powerwall to charge all the way up. I thought just on solar, but apparently it allows it also to charge all the way up from the grid. This according to lots of the sort of online discussions. Right now, you can't really, in California at least, charge your Powerwall from the grid. You have to charge it from a secondary source. I think that's going to change soon. But in these specific circumstances, it appears that you're allowed to, and it does it automatically, fill up your Powerwall from the grid, and then it holds it there. And then the idea is after the event is over, then uh, you can discharge it if you didn't use it, or if you need it during the event, you can then run your house or whatever you need to do from the Powerwall. There's one little problem that I've noticed, though, because most of this is occurring up in Northern California, and it's unlikely to affect us in Southern California. I want to turn off Stormwatch because it automatically engaged and it filled up the Powerwall, and that's great. I'm like, okay, that's cool, but I don't really need it turned on because it's very unlikely that we're going to get hit with power outages uh, here in Southern California. And um, since during the day I use lots of solar anyway, and uh, I just will turn it off. The unfortunate thing I've noticed is that when I turn it off, it hasn't turned off on um, the functionality. So it's as if the power wall wasn't there. The solar is coming in, but it's also drawing from the grid. So I want it to like draw from the battery when I don't have enough. But that functionality is gone, even though I've clicked the switch, turn off the Stormwatch. So I asked a friend of mine who's uh, you know down the road here who works for us, and he said the same thing. Can't find anything on the forums about this, so I'll just let it go for a day or two. Sometimes these power walls have, take a little time to talk to the mothership, so it might be that you know I've turned it off and said don't worry about Stormwatch. That the mothership is like, well, I'm not changing that until something else happens. So it might be a little interesting bug. We'll follow this in coming days, but I'd love to hear from you if you have power walls if you're Powerwalls have been turned on to Stormwatch mode, and like me, you've said, ah, I changed my mind, I don't really want Stormwatch on right now, and see if it reverts back to the prior state. I've got to say, this is sort of one of the reasons why I got Powerwalls, uh, is for such emergencies. Here in California, we think about earthquakes all the time, but now we've got fires, and fires can take out the grid, and having a you know backup battery for that is pretty important. 
um, particularly if you're running a business, if you've got a studio, whatever, having that kind of backup could really save you a lot of money. One of my favorite shows is called Twit This Week in Tech, and they have a whole bunch of tech shows, and it's from Petaluma up north of San Francisco. And they got the call that the power's out. They don't have backup, and so they're not going to have any shows this week until probably at least Friday. That might be fine, but if you've got a company that really relies on, like, every day I need to get those shows out, I think it's probably time for a lot of people in California, for these kind of businesses to think, might be time to get me some Powerwalls. They might pay themselves off rather quickly if we're going to have a lot of these type of events. Got a couple of letters here. I did a quick patron show over the weekend, and Richard Borgman, Borgman, has got a couple of notes here. First of all, he says he knows of at least one other person that has been trying to document that AP does now move away from semi. So that's good. So that's a sort of a second source. Thank you, Richard. Richard's got another one here. He hasn't seen anybody posting about the come to me button on the main app screen. He thinks it came out with a .x release for V10. And he says it's a bit scary as you cannot see as well where it intends to go or where you are. I haven't looked at that. You know, I'm still having problems with getting mine working. So that is something to consider. I have seen that come to me thing, but I didn't realize it doesn't give you the visualization of, you know, the path that it's going to take. I think that's really important to be able to modify that path to be able to see it beforehand. And finally, Richard says, you know, Mel, you keep complaining about the, you know, the impacted superchargers there on the West Coast in the California because we have so many Teslas over here. He's like, you should just move to the East Coast. He's had a Tesla for over a year in Boston and he's never had to wait for a, because of a full supercharger. Oh, you wait, Richard. You wait. I got an article sent to me from Robert. Yes, that Robert of Talking Tesla. He sent me this article, and I think this is super fascinating. It's from the Washington Post, and it's titled, DC Area Gas Station Shuts Off the Pumps and Goes All Electric. This is a really interesting story. It's about a gas station in Tacoma Park in the Washington area that has been a gas station forever, more than 60 years, but it closed down, and it got reopened as an EV charging station. And this brings up a whole bunch of questions. The first question was, well, what do you call a gas station that's no longer a gas station? And they've decided just to call it an EV charging station. They have 200 kilowatt chargers. I'm not sure whether they're Chatamos or CCS or Combos, but they say they're 200 kilowatts. And so, you know, pretty fast DC charging. But for a lot of people, that means you're still going to have to stay there for about 15, 20 minutes or so to get a reasonable amount of charge, which raises the next question. What do you do during that time? Unfortunately, in this article, they don't say what sort of uh, infrastructure they're doing for that. But they do have some interviews with some local people. Some uh, elderly gentleman in his 80s saying, well, what am I going to do for 20 minutes? That's crazy. Another gentleman that has a haircutting service just down the street says, I love this. I think that uh, this is the future. And there's uh, lots of opportunities for things like having a local haircut place right next door. You know what? I need a bit of a haircut. I got 20 minutes, and this gentleman's like, yeah, simple haircut. We can do it in 20 minutes. Somebody like me, you can do it in five minutes. I just buzz that thing off because I got no hair. So this is what I find interesting. Supposedly, this is the first gas station in the United States to be reconverted and taken down as a gas station and become an EV charging station. You're going to start to hear about more and more and more of this, and there is enormous opportunities. If you're charging, instead of for five minutes of filling, but for 15 or 20 minutes of fast DC charging... What are people going to do? There is an enormous opportunity here to do things for these people that have a little bit longer time than they normally would. Maybe a haircut. Uh, maybe a petty manicure. Maybe you have a really nice sort of mart there where people can actually buy their food more than just sort of uh, their Diet Cokes and their junk food. Not that there's anything wrong with Diet Coke 
and junk food. Maybe you do a car cleaning service as well. The opportunities here are enormous. The lemonade stand, for goodness sake. Oh yes, the lemonade stand. Lots of opportunity here. This is the first of what I hope is going to be rapid succession of the gas stations coming down and the fast DC EV chargers coming up. So thanks, Roberto. We're going to get together with Robert and Tom over the weekend. We're going to do a big show, a large show, a grand show, a show for all of the people. We'll record it on Sunday, but because of the time change stuff and the mastering, we probably won't get it out until Tuesday morning. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name's Mel Herbert. The show is Elon Daily. It's part of the Talking Tesla network of shows. Go and give us a rating and review on iTunes, or better yet, much better yet, become a patron. Get an extra show, a big show, every month, and now... Also get a lot of little weekend editions. Herb it up.